Welcome to Killer Women with your host, best-selling author, Danielle Girard. And now, Danielle's next killer woman. Hello, and welcome to Killer Women Podcast, a proud member of the Authors on the Air Global Network. With more than 4 million listeners, I am your host, suspense author Danielle Girard, and my guest today is Liv Constantine. Liv Constantine is the pen names of sisters Lynn Constantine and Valerie Constantine. Lynn and Valerie are Wall Street Journal and USA Today international best-selling authors with over 1 million copies sold worldwide. Their books have been translated into 28 languages, are available in 33 countries, and are in development for both television and film. Their novels have been praised by USA Today, The Sunday Times, People Magazine, and Good Morning America, among others. Their debut novel, The Last Mrs. Parrish, is a Reese Witherspoon book club selection. So fun. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so wonderful to have you guys. And I love this. The, I love the idea that the two of you are sisters who can work together, because I'm not really sure that would work with my sister and me. So you'll have to tell us a little bit about that. But first, we are celebrating the launch of The Senator's Wife. So will you guys please tell our listeners or one of you, I'm sure you guys already know how to do this, um, about <laughs> The Senator's Wife. Sure. So The Senator's Wife uh, takes place in Washington, D.C. and is the story of Sloan Montgomery, Slam Chase Montgomery, who's who is recently remarried. Um, it's been a, a couple of years since she's been in DC. She's been married about six months, and she and her new husband, Senator Whit Montgomery, moved back. And before she can resume her duties as the head of a philanthropic foundation, she needs hip surgery because she's been um, living with lupus for the past 20 years. So what they do is start to interview home health care workers and they find who they think is the perfect match in Athena Karras. So Athena comes and moves in. It's only supposed to be there for maybe a week or two, but instead of getting better after the surgery, Sloan slowly gets worse and worse. And over time begins to wonder, is Athena there making her better? Or is Athena the reason she's not, she's getting worse? And that's it. Okay, and it is from there, it is just an exciting wild ride until the end, which we can't tell you about, but you're gonna wanna get to because I was glued to the pages. So if I look a little tired, no, I, I finished this, <laughs> I, finished, I finished it ages ago, but I, I looked a little tired that morning too. Um, so um, tell us, you guys remember the seed for the story, how this story developed? We, we knew, well, we always begin with, with the twist uh, and then the story evolves from there. But the, you know, we, especially today, I think more and more people bring into their homes people that they don't know. Um, I mean, a, an agency, you have recommendations from an agency or a hospital or, and the, this person comes in, they have access to everything. Uh, and you, and, and more and more that is happening. And we're, you know, we're in that situation whether it's an illness or uh, an in, um, injury, as in Sloan's case, where it's just a temporary thing, but we're we're very um, open and sort of uh, susceptible to yeah. somebody who really, you know, might not be everything that we think they are, uh, and so that was part of the yeah. 
genesis of it and just thinking about, well, what, you know, what are the things that can happen uh, and who might this person be? And not right. And what can go wrong? And especially in a situation with home health care workers, right, where they are doling out your medication. Right. I mean, you are just and, you know, every pill looks the same. Nothing really says what it is. And if it's if it's in a bottle, you assume it's the pill that's in the bottle. But who knows? Right. It really is. <laughs> you are so vulnerable. So vulnerable. Um, exactly. And especially in a situation where Sloan is a very wealthy woman. So there's a you know, there's a chance that somebody you know, a good chance that somebody might show up, you know, hoping to sort of, you know, get something from her. Um, mm -hmm. So that is a, it's a really, it's, and, and like you said, it's, it's a really relevant conversation to have right now as we have this generation, particularly, I mean, Sloan's a young person, a young woman. Um, so she's, it's more that we think about this happening with our, you know, aging parents or, mm -hmm. you know, that is super, um, and, yeah, and, so yeah, and we're also in a time when it's very easy to mask who you are and to to create credentials that are really not true, that they're false credentials. It, it's just it's an easier thing to do, I think, than in the past. Um, so you can hide who you someone can hide who they really are. It's so true. And it does. It, it's an incredible. It's a fabulous premise. And it opens up so many possibilities, which you guys, you know, of course, execute flawlessly, because that's what you're known for. Um, so tell me about the process, because this is, you know, the collaboration part, of course, is, I think, so interesting to so many of our listeners. Um, you know, as you're doing this, how does it work? Is it, you know, sometimes the ideas from Lynn, sometimes it's from Val, you know, um, how do, and then do you back, go back and forth before you start? Can you can you let us into a little of that, sure. that secret sister stuff? That's <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of talking, a lot of um, brainstorming, and you know we we really try to be as um, non critical and judgmental. So you know you, we say, and any crazy thing that comes is open uh, because some of our best actually twists have come from like a joke or a crazy idea that we've then said, right. well, hold on, that that could work. So. And we talk a lot and it takes a while before we both come to something that we both can get excited about. Like there might be something I think would be great. And Valerie's like, I just am not feeling it or vice versa. So it has to be something that we both sure. you know, totally on board with. And once we have figured that out, then we start to develop the characters and the setting, all of those things. And it can take weeks to months before the foundation is laid for the book that we're going to write. And that just occurs, like I said, over hours on either FaceTime or Zoom, or if we're lucky enough to be together, which has happened in some cases, then, it, then it's in person. And so once we have ironed out those details, then we begin the writing. And um, I'll let Valerie, I'll move it over to her so I'm not sharing anything <laughs> myself. Go ahead. So. Well, when the writing starts, we, we start with a a fairly general outline of where we're going, but it is general. And, and that allows us to sort of work organically and let things evolve as they as the characters want to evolve. Uh, and so we talk every morning and it's usually a FaceTime talk and we uh, decide, we, we give each other assignments. Like today you're writing chapter such and such and here's what it's about. And this is what you need to accomplish in this chapter. And then, and, and so we do our writing and at the end of the day, we exchange what we've written 
with the absolute, you know, proviso that um, to edit this, any suggestions, anything you'd like to add, or you think I should delete or what, you know, and as, as Lynn said, we, you have to check your ego at the door and accept the constructive criticism or the ideas of each other. And that, that would be the only way to be able to collaborate and have it be a fun thing to do and not onerous. Right. Uh, and uh, and so that's how we continue on and on until we finish our first draft. And then there's a whole nother process that starts. So let's just go, let's stick at that for a second. So I'm super curious about this. So for instance, when you talk in the morning and you're like, okay, you know, Lynn, you're on chapter three, Valerie, mm -hmm. does that mean you take chapter four? Do you guys kind of each take a different or parts of the same chapter? How does that work? I mean, sometimes both. So it depends. Um, Sometimes we'll write consecutively or might even be out of order, just whatever. Like we look at it as a scene, but often one of us will send the other half a chapter and say, kind of ran out of steam. Can you finish this? What, what would you like to add? And the other one will do so. Mm -hmm. um, or there'll be certain holes like uh, Valerie, I think is much better at describing things. So I don't take the time. I just put describe the living room, describe the, <laughs> and I send that to her because why should I struggle with it when I know that it comes so easily to her? I, you know, I can do it if I have to. And sometimes it will be the same thing, whether it's, you know, dialogue or this or that, Valerie will send it to me and say, just fill this in. And yeah. so that just goes back and forth. And then I usually keep the master document just so it's not confusing. So I will continue, um, you know, Valerie will send me a revised chapter, or if she edited my chapter, then I'll just go through it and plop it right into the master thing. And then I'll continue to update her, um, you know, every couple of days with a, with a new manuscript. So. Okay, got it. So there's kind of this, even it's really like, by the end of the draft, you guys have both sort of had your hands on all of it. It's yes. not like, it's not like every other, every other, because then the voices would maybe change and it's yeah. important, right, to make those. So, so, you, so the people writing, for instance, the, you know, Athena chapters, it's, it's not, it's both of you. It's not like one of you takes a point of view. Okay. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Which makes, because I do feel like there's there's a real challenge to making that voice sound consistent. And yet, you know, I, as I read, I'm not thinking like, there's no point where I'm like, well, this doesn't sound the same as the last one. It all feels very much like it was written by the same human, which I think is really impressive. Oh, thank so. you. So now do you guys write every, it sounds like when you say, you know, we talk in the morning is, are you, do you write every day? I mean, yes. we do. And sometimes, often weekends as well. Yeah. yeah. Usually Sundays, unless something is really pressing and we're on a, a time constraint that where we have to work on a Sunday, but normally we'll take Sundays off. Yeah. Yeah. Right. To have a little break. Yeah. In, yeah. yeah. But there is something also, and I, maybe you guys find this too, that if you leave your a book aside for even a couple of days, right, you sort of lose the, it's like not talking to somebody you talk to every every day. You're like, what happened? I missed out on this and now I'm a little bit lost. And True. it really is beneficial to be there every day. And, and I think when you start, hard. Yeah, you when know, you stop I, writing, yeah. You, that's it. I mean, what a practice. Well, it is. It's hard to get back into it. And then we find ourselves procrastinating. Like, oh, I don't feel it. But then right. after a couple of days, as you're right, you get into it, then it starts to flow again. But yeah, it is. I mean, I really don't like, even though it's obviously nice to have a break, but even when the book is finished, you know, and, and there's that time in between, I feel at a loss when I'm not working on something. So I'm sure yes. you feel that way, Daniel. Well, you write Isn't... a lot for a profession. So you write a lot of 
yeah prolific I mean I'm proficient well I I don't think I'm proficient but I'm oh I'm not always but I am yeah I you know I do I'm right in the middle I'm in that space now where I have an idea kind of but I don't have anything to write and it does it's a little fish out of water right it's like I kind of feel like, what am I supposed to do with my life if I'm not right. writing a book? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and people are like, take a break, enjoy. Um, Go out in your no. garden. And, yeah. I yeah. Know, this... Yeah. It's, it, it's hard. It's very hard. Well, the first few days are, are okay because it's like, oh, I have so many things I can do. Right. Neglected. And then after those few days, you're sort of like, okay, that's now what? As you said, yeah. do, what do I do? And there's a lot of things that I neglect because I don't really want to do them. So then I'm like, yeah, that's right. wait, I don't really, I'd rather go back to writing books. So tell yeah. me, you guys have done a bunch of books. I know The Last Mrs. Parish was first. How, and then tell us the order. Because I know there's a, if our people haven't discovered you guys yet, there are quite a number of Liv Constantine books. So it's um, The Last Mrs. Parish, The Last Time I Saw You, which they're not related, even though they both have the last in the thing. Yes. <laughs> um, the Wife Stalker the stranger in the mirror. And then we do have a little novella prequel to the last Mrs. Parish called the first shot. And which that, was great. I read that. That's so fun. Or listen to it, I guess. Right. Is it an, it was, a, it is. Well, yeah. original, it was an audible original first. It is now ebook and print. And then we have misconception, which is another audible original audible only at this point. And fun. now, yeah. now the Senator's way. That's amazing. So you guys are, I mean, you're really prolific. Plus Lynn, you know, you're also writing under Elsie Shaw. Yes. Um, and so t- can you talk a- just for a minute about how different that feels from sure. like, you know, from, from the exper- experiences of writing as Liv Constantine? It's very, well, for, it's very different. I mean, I have nobody that I can send my chapters to or get help or you know, <laughs> describe things in those books, but they are more um, action thriller, straight thrillers. So they, they differ you know, obviously in tone from The Last Mrs. Parrish, they're much darker. Um, and it's been a while. I mean, I really need to finish the third in that series. I have I have to get back to that. But what I'm hoping, I, I wrote a pilot for the network. So I'm really hoping to find somebody to take that to film because that would be my, you know, my hope. I mean, as we all, as we all do. Uh, well, good for you. So you wrote the, you you did the screenplay for the pilot. I did, yeah. That is now what I mean. So now what about I feel like I've heard buzzing about the last Mrs. Parrish. What's can is there any things you can share about that? So Netflix, it's under option and they did renew the option um, for us. And we're just we have two amazing writers that are attached to it that we're that everyone's excited about. Um, and then, of course, the, with the writer strike, everything is on hold. So until I mean, hopefully that gets resolved and hopefully the writers do well because we're with them. Um, yeah. And, you know, until that, until that happens, we really don't have an update, but. I know, isn't, I, I, I really feel badly for the writers. I, I can't imagine the position that puts them in. Um, and yeah, I, a lot of people in the same boat. So yeah. Yeah. let's hope it ends, it ends um, quickly. So um I've heard you guys talk a little bit also about sort of, um, you know, the process once the, once the draft is done, are you guys, do you sort of each go back and read the entire, the book in its entirety sort of on your own and then come together with, how does that work? We do do that. We, um, you know, we go through it. We, we probably read it. I don't even know how many times we read it, but we do that separately. 
So um, right now, because we're, we are working on something where we've just finished the second draft. So right now I'm reading it and going through and making changes, which I will then send to Lynn and she will either accept my changes. Of course, she'll accept all of my changes. Because <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> of course they're perfect. It's perfect. Yes, right. uh, and make changes of her own or suggestions or whatever. And sometimes it isn't even just changing things, but maybe a note about, well, what do you think should we do? Mm -hmm. You think this should still be here or should we change this to blah, 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 or whatever, or something where we would need to more ha have a more collaborative uh, way in instead of my just going ahead and doing something. And so then she does the same thing. And yeah, we read it so many times, but you know, I, I just always think of that thing that says about um, write something that you would love to read because you will read it a thousand times, you know? It's, <laughs> it's so true. And isn't it crazy that you can read it a thousand times and on the night, on the thousandth time, you're like, how did I miss this typo? Yes. 990. Right. The, the, I know. The, somebody else who finds something. And even when you get to the um, advanced reader copy and there's I know. still errors. And even the final one sometimes. Still right. Happens. And all these others look at it. I used to be in marketing and just having to send a letter out, you, you know, would be looking at it a million times for typos. It was so stressful. And that's one letter, right? And oh. so when you think about 300 yeah. pages, yeah. You know, it's no wonder that stuff gets it, missed. It yeah. is no wonder. And and readers aren't always very kind about it either, which I, no, I right? you know, <laughs> I, I don't appreciate it. I do have a great um, story I, I'll share about uh, my first arc the arcs that came on my second book. In the very opening scene, my character get, wakes up in a car without figuring, knowing how she got there. And she looks up at the clock on the dash to figure out the time. And they left the L out of clock <gasps> in the arc. I think I read that book. I don't remember that. Cause it's not the one I <laughs> That's ruthless. It's ruthless game. And they no, fixed I didn't. it. That's not the one. Okay. They no. fixed it. They fixed oh. it in the final copy, but I was like, I can't have a cock on the dash in the first <laughs> two pages of this book. So I had a whole like, different genre. Right. <laughs> I was like, wait, would this maybe would help with my, you know, romance cross sales, but right. nothing else about that book was romantic. I was like, oh my God, this is awful. I was, and right. you know, I was, I was also a newbie. Right. So I was like, is this going to go out like this? And how do I prevent that from happening? So that was super, super terrifying. So, oh, wow. um, I know. So I hear, um, you know, I hear now that um, there's some exciting news around the last Mrs. Parish in terms of book news. Can you talk about that? Yes, I don't want to give anything away in case it's oh, not no, it's my fine. No, it's fine. It's been announced. No, we were right. That the book that we're now working on is the sequel, which is you know finished. First or second draft is finished. So uh, we will turn that in to our editor in August, and hopefully we'll be out around this time next year. Hopefully. That so. is, can you tell us anything about that? Well, we can say that we have um, brought in characters from the prequel. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so uh, the, the character list has expanded to include Amber's life before she met Jackson. And I guess that's all we can really say. Yeah. Fair. Well, we can say, well, we can say, well, we can say it's going to be three Point, three female points of view. So you'll get to hear from Daphne again and Amber, and now you'll get Daisy Ann, who is a very strong character that we love from the from the prequel. 
And she's that from is, Texas. So part of Texas, yes. Yeah, so, place in Dallas. Yeah. So you get to get to go to Dallas in this book. Right. That's a fun. So when you guys, so you obviously don't live that close together, but do you make it a point to sort of like, so when you set this book and yeah, in, in Texas, did you guys travel down there or do you do it, you know, virtually? How does that work? We were going to go, right? We had planned yeah. to go um, and we've been, I mean, we've both been, so right. we, we have some experience there and we have friends there, but we, we didn't actually make it this time to Dallas, but I think, I think hopefully we still did a good job of conveying. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you did. Plus, you can always, you know, then you get to go down there and celebrate the launch of the book, which will be exactly. super exciting, yes, right? Exactly. Hopefully, right. that will be good. Now, yeah. are you guys doing a tour for the um, senator's wife? Yes, we are. I'm heading up to Connecticut Sunday, as a matter of fact, and we oh, start. Yeah. We're starting there. So yeah. now, when you guys tour, do you do you tour you tour together? We do. We start. I mean, it's typically this one is what about three weeks, I guess, because like. Yeah. Yeah, we're starting on launch. We'll be in Connecticut for a week. Then we'll I'll go down to Maryland, and we'll be in two or three places in Maryland, and then in D.C. Then we'll end up in New Jersey, and then we'll split up. And then I'm doing a few different events here, and I think Valerie as well. So you know, as things may come up, if it's something local to Valerie or local to me, we'll probably just do them individually because it just becomes a little difficult to keep back and forth. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. But it must be so fun to get to sit up there together. It, it makes is. Me wanna, we, yeah. Yeah. So fun. Right. It makes me want to call my sister and be like, let's write a book. Um, but you know, <laughs> she, try it. she doesn't write books, but it, oh. could be, it could be a thing. Yeah. I mean, that is, so do you remember, so what, ha like at what point in, you were already writing books. We, um, Lynn, is that right? When you guys started working together or was that how your career started? was how it restarted, but we had written together, we had written a book together, which is out there called Circle Dance. And yeah. that's written for Lynn Constantine and Valerie Constantine. And that was over 20 years ago. And um, before I moved, when I was still in Maryland, before I was, before I had children um, and we were talking, we used to read a lot of books about different families and family sagas. And I said to Valerie, there really isn't a book about a Greek family. So why don't we write one? So I went and ordered a book, how to write and sell your first novel. <laughs> read the book we out you know we did all this all the things right 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 and um you know this was no email or anything back then for the last week actually Valerie brought her huge computer over to my house and set it up in the living room and I she worked downstairs and I worked upstairs for like seven days because it had taken us a year to write half of it we wanted to finish it right. and we finished it and we didn't do what we do now. We didn't do three or four edits. We just sent it out. Like, of course, we're going to get an agent immediately and it's going to sell, you know, all, right. all the wrong things. Uh, right. Yeah. So we did finally get a publisher, a very small publisher who did like a limited print run. And um, and that came out. And then we bought the rights back years later and we did re-edit it. Again, not, again, not, it probably could use one more. I don't know. Yeah, it, you know, it's, it's a very different, it's really... What we do love about it is it's a, the family in it and people do the characters. I think the characters are very um, dynamic, but you know, it is a first novel. So we don't really talk about it that much, but you know, it's got decent reviews. It's got a four average, I think. Well, you know, yeah. what's, what's really interesting is to think about, and this was a little over 20 years ago, which is really not a huge span of time. But when you think about the way things work now, in when we wrote Circle Dance, we had to make a copy of the book and mail it. I know. 
agents. Right. There was just no and and with and, a SAS, right? With a self-addressed Virginia. Right. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it was always with the the knowledge that you might never hear from anybody which meant we're not interested, but it was, then it was like, well, how long do we wait? And how many yes. we send to at the same time? And that, yeah. so it was such a different process. Yeah, my it's first really... book came out in 2000. Um, okay, same. So, so I yeah, yeah. 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 so I remember that. And in fact, I have the, you know, all the rejection letters from those first books in a yes. xylophone folder. I always used to joke that I was gonna like wallpaper a bathroom but I don't think I have a bathroom big enough anymore. So, um, but it is, you know, it is so different now. And, um, you know, so then you guys had a, a long, long break. You were doing your own things, living your own lives, raising children. Right. Um, Val, you had a really, Val, you had a really interesting career, right? Well, parts of it were, yes. That you're talking about the White House days, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. That was really fun and different and interesting. Yeah, exciting. It was an exciting time. Was that kind of an interesting thing to kind of return to DC in a book? It was absolutely. It was, yeah. And and just thinking, you know, you you just really see, no matter what, when you work for the government and especially in DC, no matter how high or how uh, not high your position <laughs> is, you really do see what power does to people. And um, it's very interesting what it does. It is very <laughs> interesting, right? It is, yeah, exactly. I will leave it at that. But I think there's a there's some there's certainly a lot of that in here, which is super fun to read about. So um, I love that. And um, and then you came, and then so what prompted the sort of re the sort of okay, we've got was it the idea uh, for the last Mrs. Parish? Can you remember how that kind of came together? How we well, we I went to Thriller Fest, which was really what reignited my writing career. So I had moved to Connecticut, and I saw in Writer's Digest an ad for Thriller Fest. So I went by myself, and you know, it felt like this. You know, oh, I've written a book. I'm a writer, and I started meeting all of these people, right, who've written 20 books, that, like, younger than I am. I'm like, okay, you loser. You know, you gotta. Go. <gasps> you can't be right. One, I feel like I was all these years yeah. ago, right? So, I was there too. It's yeah, so yeah. I, I finished my website and I finished the network, which at the time was called some, the Veritas Deception. And I said to Valerie, you really need to come with me. It was so inspiring and such great classes. And she said, well, I'm not a thriller writer. So, and I said, well, it doesn't matter. It's a, it's craft is craft, just come. So she, she did, and she got invigorated as well. And that's when she said, why don't we, what do you think about collaborating again? And I said, sure, I would love to. So we wrote a book, which was called Black Eyed Susans, which is in a drawer. Not, you know, kept getting, it was one of those books where you get like, you know how it is, the interest, but it never quite makes it. Totally. Yep. Yeah. And they go so to then, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, we need more rooms. Right? Yeah. So I was visiting her and I don't think it was just, a, it was just like a family visit, right? And we were, and yeah. we were just taking a walk in the neighborhood and we were discussing life and women and these women who are very mercenary who like decide they want to marry somebody just for the money and they don't care about the wife and the kids and we looked at each other and said no wouldn't it be interesting if, if things turned out differently and you know if they didn't really get everything that they wanted and we said that's the book we have to write right. so that's how the last mrs parish so we worked on that and then the so, next year got our agent that's one of the things i love about your books um is that sort is the those women characters right these women who um and you know there are some of them are i mean they're, they're smart women some of them are you know not all of them are like 
perfectly moral, but, but I, I, but, and that's, you know, that's valid too. Right. But, but the fact is they're scrappy, right? Those are women that have overcome really hard stuff. And I love that because I think as, you know, as we get to be a certain age, you know, there's a lot of shit, pardon my French, that's dumped on women that we have to sort of overcome without the, you know, a lot of the sort of naturally get given gifts that men get, right? Especially mm -hmm. white men. So I think it's lovely to like read about these women who are like, oh no, you are not taking, you are <laughs> not turn, taking, turn. Yeah. Yeah. and you are yeah. not taking me down. And I think that's inspirational. And I, I feel like for people, you know, going through life and, you know, turning 50 or whatever it is, you know, having, I mean, lupus is a real thing. And I think the way you handled Sloan's disease was incredibly sensitive too. And I think that is also really powerful for women who are, you know, suffering and sick. So I, I, I really like, I, it's a story and it's a wonderfully fast moving, you know, fast paced, fun read, but we, you're left with this, like, there's more to it. You know what I mean? There's this extra, like, you got this girl kind of sense in your books. And I, and I love that. And, you know, the last, I can't wait to read the, the new Mrs. Parrish or the next, right. whatever, <laughs> whatever she is, because that is another one where I felt like, you know, it was a really great, and I'm not going to talk about the ending. I have to believe everybody in the world has already read that book, but for those three, three humans who haven't yet read it, we will not spoil anything. So, um, well, this is so exciting. I'm, um, I'm so thrilled about this book. I'm so thrilled to get to um, see you guys and have you on the show. And um, Lynn, I'm so happy. Lynn and I are going to be at Thriller Fest, which yes. is um, the International Thriller Writers Annual Conference in New York City, which is here. In fact, I um, it'll be coming out. I think this, I'm going to be messed. I'm going to have to look at now and tell myself, to remind myself. Yeah, so this, uh, um, our show will air on the 25th um, yeah. of... Um, May. May. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I never know. I feel like no, I don't know what, what month? month it is. Yeah. So when this, when you guys are listening to this fabulous show, uh, Lynn and I will be getting together about um, a week and a half after that. Yeah. And we will be giving away in conjunction with this look for on the killer um, women podcast page. We will have a giveaway um, of the final, final version of this book. So you can enter um, that. And um, in the meantime, ladies, keep up the fabulous work. Oh, and I can't wait you. to thank see you. what you're up to next. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you and, uh, and, and reading what you've got next too. So get back to work. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> I, I did. I got to take off my shirt that so perfectly matches this cover. Beautiful. Yeah. And yeah. I'm telling you. Don't you, you think I should be able to write off the purchase if it's part of my? Um... I think so. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't tell my tax accountant. Okay. Anyway, this has been Killer Women with the incredible duo of Valerie and Lynn Constantine writing as Liv Constantine and the Senator's Wife, which is out the twenty third. Yes. And um, so go pre-order it right this second or grab your copy. It's it's not to be missed. Thank you so Thanks, much. Thanks, Danielle. Great to be with you. Until next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.